Thank you for tuning in to my podcast, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For more information or to keep up on current events and products, please go to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. All right, so I'm going to talk to you tonight about comfort zone, and I love this topic. I love that Pastor Turner gave me the opportunity to speak tonight to you about comfort zone, and I was thinking the exact same thing that when Kaylee was talking about showing me your glory, I was like, ooh, you better be careful, because that can get real uncomfortable real quick. And isn't it true that we like to hang out in our comfort zone? We like to stay with the people that we're comfortable with. We like to stay in the places that we're familiar with. We like to have conversations where we feel confident. We want to stay within our comfort zone. Nobody wants to step out of their comfort zone and become uncomfortable. In fact, we've become a society about comfort. The whole mask thing is super uncomfortable, isn't it? And so we're all kind of grouchy and we're fussy because it's uncomfortable and we're being asked to stretch out and and stretch outside of what is our familiar and what is our comfort zone. And I want to talk to you tonight about your comfort zone. And I want you to think with me for a moment about how your comfort zone has become the line to your capacity, how it's become the limit of not only what you can experience, but who you could become in Christ. See, when we stay in this comfort zone of what's familiar to us, don't expect to go new places if you're not willing to do new things. Don't expect to be stretched in Christ if you're not willing to experience him in new ways. I'm just telling you like it is. But if you want to stay in your comfort zone, that's okay. Tonight, you're going to have some opportunities to get outside your comfort zone, and it will be your choice whether you want to respond or not. But if you choose not to respond, don't expect that tomorrow will be different for you. Don't expect that you're going to grow in your relationship with Christ unless you decide, I'm going to step outside of what I've been comfortable with. I'm going to step away from the familiarity. I'm going to step away from my dysfunction. I'm going to step away from that relationship. Come on. Because what's comfortable needs to become uncomfortable so that I can become uncomfortable in Jesus so my comfort can be redefined with Christ. So I want you to recognize and realize that where you are currently comfortable has become your capacity. You cannot grow or stretch outside of your capacity unless you're willing to do something different, and that's uncomfortable. My life coach always says, all living things grow. All growing things change, and change is painful. All living things grow. And all growing things change, and change is painful. And we avoid change because we don't want to go through the pain. But you know what, you guys? It's a part of living. You better better come to the acceptance at this point that if you are going to grow and you are going to change and you're going to be stretched into the capacity of who you could be in Christ, come on. It's a question that I ask people all the time when I'm sitting with youth. I will say to them, who do you want to be right now? I'm depressed. Is that who you want to be? Is that how you want to feel? Because I serve a God who says he's empowered you and given you the authority to say, I want to stretch outside of this zone. 
I don't want to be depressed anymore. I've become addicted to my own dysfunction. Come on. But if I want to step away from any addiction, whether it's good or bad, it's uncomfortable. Every single person in this room has an addiction. Some of them are healthy and some of them are not. But either way, if we want to move away from that addiction, it's going to be uncomfortable. I have the opportunity to minister to people one-on-one as a life coach. And the first thing we do is we set goals. And I tell them there are comfort goals, there are discomfort goals, and there are delusional goals. My, some of my clients are nodding their heads, yes. And sometimes they come to me, and you know why they're hiring a life coach? Because they want change in their life. Because they're no longer comfortable with being comfortable. They're no longer comfortable with being complacent. They're no longer comfortable with being safe, but they want to be brave and courageous. Come on, you can be comfortable or you can be, con- be courageous, but you can't be both. Because courage is uncomfortable. Bravery is uncomfortable. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus didn't die to make you safe. He died to make you brave. And if you're looking for your safety zone, you better recognize right now you're not going to grow in Christ. So there are comfort goals and there are discomfort goals. And then there are slightly delusional goals. And and what I like to say is I want to stretch you into the uncomfortable goals in your flesh. And then we want to slip into a little bit of the delusion of the spirit. You want to know why? Because my God says he's immeasurably greater than we could ever ask or we could ever imagine. That means I have to come to the end of the limit of my mental capacity in order to slip into the supernatural revelation of what God has in mind for you and I. I have to come to the end of my flesh if I want to step into the super. Come on, you got to come to the end of your natural to step into the super. Your natural is your limit. That is your capacity, and that is our comfort zone. And if you want to stay there, stay there. But don't sing, show me your glory, if you're not ready. Don't sing, show me your glory, if you're not willing to be uncomfortable. Don't ask God to do amazing things in your life if you're not willing to stretch outside of what you're comfortable with. Because God is inviting you tonight to get a little more uncomfortable because there's more he wants to do in your life. So I I brought a little demonstration for you tonight and I pray to the Lord that I don't get any water on my computer. And look at this is already leaking. So I brought a cup. And so I want you to look at this cup. This cup has a capacity. Now, the definition of a capacity is the ability to receive or contain. Come on. Your capacity is your ability to receive or contain. Now, if I'm talking about the presence of the Lord, your capacity will be capped off, will be limited if you are uncomfortable with the ability to receive something that is outside of your control. If you are not willing to receive something that is outside of what you can control, you can continue to operate in the flesh. That will be your capacity. But if you want to rock and roll in the spirit, you better be willing to get uncomfortable. You got to stretch outside of the capacity of your flesh because God doesn't work in the flesh. He works in the spirit. And praise God, he's put the spirit in us because he wants to work through us because we are the vessel And so we have a fleshly capacity, but we have a spiritual capacity as well. Now, I want you to take a look at the capacity of this cup. I can fill this cup up. And how do we know when it's full? Come on, anybody. When it starts overflowing. So I'm going to stop right there. So it's almost full. 
This cup is full. Now, I would like to propose to you that many of you in this room tonight have received Jesus and you have experienced the fullness of Christ. You have experienced him rushing into your life and feeling the fullness of Jesus living and breathing inside of you. You've been saved, right? You've accepted Jesus as your personal savior and you've come to know him personally. Now, I'm gonna put this inside of here so as not to get any more water everywhere. And I wanna explain to you what it means to be overflowing because if we were to pour more water into this cup than the capacity can contain it would be what overflowing so now this cup is overflowing an overflowing cup means the liquid around it the liquid pouring out of it can no longer be measured It can no longer be contained. It's limitless and it continues to overflow. It's super abundant. It's outside of the ability. It's beyond the capacity of the container. And I want to talk to you about you as the container in Christ. I would like to propose to you that many of you are like the first cup. You've experienced being full, but you've never allowed the Holy Spirit to flow outside of your ability to contain slash control. Can we say that? Why? Because it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. People say to me all the time, it's weird when people speak in tongues. It is weird. You wanna know why? Because it's supernatural, okay? We can't take the supernatural out of the gospel because if we do, then we don't have a resurrected Lord. You wanna know what's weird? Somebody raising from the dead and walking around. That's weird. But the supernatural is the very linchpin of the gospel. And so if we're not willing to embrace the weird, the uncomfortable, the supernatural, then what do we got? We got a natural gospel. And that's an oxymoron. It doesn't make any sense. I don't want to serve a natural God. I want to serve a God who's going to go, oh, you're at your capacity, girl. That's okay. Lay on down. Go ahead and surrender yourself. And I'll take over from here. That's what I want to serve. That's what, who I want to serve. I want to serve that kind of God who's going to say, you do what you can do. You can do. Listen, when Jesus showed up and Lazarus was dead, he said, I'll tell you what, you guys go ahead and do what you can do. You roll away the stone and then I'm going to show up and I'm going to do what you can't do and I'm going to resurrect the dead. See, God invites us to partner with him and says, I want you to do what you can do. But when you come to the end of your capacity, that's when I'm going to kick in and it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable. I was reading about being filled up, and I was reading about the spiritual masters in Tibet. Anyways, they have this ritual. I thought it was interesting. And every night, they put a teacup next to their bed. And when they go to bed, they turn the teacup upside down like that. So that every morning when they wake up, they prophetically flip the cup up as a sign of surrendering opening up and saying, Jesus, fill me up. Jesus, fill me up. Every night, this is a tradition that they do, as this prophetic act of being filled up. But I want you to know that God wants to do more than fill you up. He wants to overflow you. God is a God of overflow. We're talking about taking things outside of your capacity. Taking out things outside of your ability to contain and control. Taking things outside of your ability to measure, your ability to explain, your ability to navigate. God is a God of overflow. Here's how I know it. Psalm 23, 5 says, you anoint my head and my cup, what? 
overflows. Come on now, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to let the word of God speak to you. I'm not making up stuff to preach to you. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. How many of us say that but don't really know what it means? I've not experienced the overflowing because, God, if you're overflowing, that means it's outside of my capacity to contain you, control you, count you, measure you. You're outside of my ability. And I've now stepped into my super ability in Christ. How many of you know you have a super ability in Christ? You have a super ability in Christ. Come on, somebody needs to say that. I have a super ability in Christ. I have a super ability in Christ. I have a super, I'll keep saying it until somebody says it, other than the adults. I have a super ability in Christ. I have a super ability in Christ. In John 10, 10, it says, I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. Now, I want you to know that word abundantly means above and beyond more than is necessary. God has given you more life. He's an excessive God. He would have too much jewelry on if he showed up. We would be like, that's a little excessive because he's an excessive God, meaning he has given us more than is necessary. But here's the idea. Here's what I want you to hear me saying. That word abundantly also implicates the idea that there's something further. There's something more. And if you get nothing out of tonight, I want to challenge you by asking you, do you want something more? Do you feel like there's something in your life that's missing? Is there something that you feel like you could have more of, more could be more experiencing? You could be better. I could be living more excellent. I could be functioning at a super, super, a better a, a level, a higher capacity. David, I said I was going to use you as an example, so here we go. You can stay there but I'm just pointing to you. So David leads worship on a regular basis. We've all listened to David lead worship, right? And I don't care how good you are because David's a good worship leader. How many of you feel pretty intimidated to lead worship with Kaylee Kennedy? Would I, um, yes, thank you. All the worship leaders are like, oh my God, you know. All right, so David, I have a question for you. Was that uncomfortable? You weren't uncomfortable at all when, when Turner said, you're going to lead worship with Kaylee Kennedy, just you by yourself. Yeah, sorry, his girlfriend's like, yes, he was. He was shaking in his shoes. But the reality is, is here's what happened. Here's what I saw what happened last night. I saw Kaylee Kennedy come in here, and she's used to flowing at this level because she's been doing it longer. She's been doing it more arenas. has nothing with, to do with her being better. It has everything to, to do with her being more experienced, okay? So she's been doing it more. And what I saw happen was I saw the, her level of capacity put a demand on David's capacity. I'm sure you felt this. Put a demand on it and said, I need you to come up to where I'm at, boy. And how many of you saw David lead worship these last two nights in a whole different capacity than we've ever seen him lead worship? That's right. But let me tell you what. In order for him to flow at that new capacity, he had to get a little uncomfortable. See, that was the right answer. Thanks for playing with me. Not so good. So the reality is, I said, uh, I, I said to Angela and a couple of leaders the other night, it's helpful when you have leaders in the room. 
when there's a speaker because their level of faith is just more experience. We all have the same size Holy Spirit. You understand that? The exact same Holy Spirit that's living and breathing in me right now, that's revealing this message, just even as I stand here coming upon me, the exact same Holy Spirit that's on Kaylee Kennedy. There are no different sizes of Holy Spirit. He is one size fits all, come on, and he fits inside of you. And the only thing that will live in his ability to flow is your comfort zone. Same size Holy Spirit. There is nothing super about me, but there is something supernatural about me. And I have to be willing to go, I'm willing to be uncomfortable. God, make me uncomfortable. Teach me what it means to be uncomfortable. And when you start praying those prayers, you better watch out. But he's going to show you his glory. But he's not going to show you his glory around you. He's going to show you the glory that's within you. Because sometimes we're praying, show me your glory, God. God, come down. And God's like, I'm inside of you. I'm, how about you lay down and let me show you the glory that you contain. How many of you know the story of Jesus when he went up to the mountaintop and he transfigured himself and he turned to this beaming, la, 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 and it's this great mystery. And they're like, oh, what's happening? Anybody know the story? Y'all look it up. Come on, it's a great story. I don't know. Scripture doesn't say but I think this transfiguration was Jesus going, hey, let me show you what's going to be inside of you pretty soon. Let me turn myself inside out and show you what the glory looks like. And that's you. But we won't ever see it and you won't ever feel it if you're not willing to be uncomfortable. You got to get out of his way. You got to get out of his way. All right, so... I want to read to you from John chapter 4. I'm going to read to you from scripture tonight. Isn't that nice? Isn't that lovely? John chapter 4. So he, meaning Jesus, came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, which in the Greek, by the way, means drunken. Remember that. Near the plot of the ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Now, a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Remember that phrase. What can we do for Jesus if we haven't received from him first? Come on. Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? Wrong question, lady. How is it that you, God, can ask me to do anything for you without you doing it for me first? The very breath that I breathe comes from the breath of God. Were it not for God in me, I would have no breath. He goes on and says, for Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered her and said, to, said this to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now, listen, what is this saying to us? I think... I would like to propose that it's possible that we have made religion and church all about what we can bring to God. Come on. And God is saying, if you knew who it was that was asking you for something, you would step back and say, God, I can do nothing unless you do it first. I can't bring you anything until I am filled up with you first. And everything you give to me, I'm going to give back to you. But until you give to me, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to do nothing. 
So the woman recognized, I'm so thirsty, I have nothing to give you. But some of us in here, I've seen it. I have seen it in youth. Y'all, please don't be offended by this. But I have seen some of you start to get overwhelmed with the Spirit, and you immediately think, oh, I'm going to go pray for this person instead of receiving what God has in mind for me. I'm going to say it like I see it, and it saddens my spirit. Why? Because it's uncomfortable. I don't want to get uncomfortable. I don't want to cry. I don't want to break down. I don't want to fall on the ground. I don't want to start shaking. What if I start speaking in tongues? Lord, have mercy. What if I fall out slain? It's uncomfortable. But if you're not willing to get uncomfortable, hello to your capacity. And a lot of us hide behind what we can do, what we can bring, where we can serve, what I can give to God. When God is saying, if you knew who it was that was oppressing it upon your heart, you would step back and say, I need from you first. I need from you first. It goes on and it says, the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with. She's completely confused. Why? Because she's thinking with her natural mind. She's not recognizing the spiritual message here. You have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? She's intrigued. There's a curiosity. She's hearing a message. Some of you tonight are like, wait, wait a minute. How do I step into this uncomfortable zone? How do I get this filling? Wait a minute. You're right, Pastor Lisa. I have experienced the fullness, but I'm not sure if I've experienced. Where do I get that? How do the curiosity is beginning to move inside of her. And Jesus is beginning to draw on her thirst and her need and her hunger to expose her need. She goes on and says, where do you get that living water? Are you greater than the father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered her and said, listen to this, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Whoever continues to go to their own source, go to your own comfort zone, because that well was her comfort zone. She went at a particular time when she was comfort, uh, comfortable, and she got the source of what she needed from that well. But she had to go every day, every day, every day, every day. You want to know why? Because we are like this. I'm filled up to the top, and I'm going to pour into my friend. I'm going to pour into my neighbor, and I'm going to pour into church. And I'm going to pour into my friend. I'm going to pour into my neighbor. And I'm going to pour into my church. Oh, my God, I'm so depressed. Because you're empty. Because you're pouring out of what you don't have. Instead of saying, I'm sorry, I would love to minister to you, but right now the Lord's ministering to me. I'm going to be a better minister to you after I let the Lord minister to me. Come on, y'all. Angela has watched me. Emily has watched me day after day after day after day, hour by hour by hour by hour. Angela, how many sessions have you sat in in one day in a row with me? Four or five. And then I go home and have three, four, five sessions at night. And if I don't take time every day to flip up my cup, I will have nothing to give. And I'll be angry with you, and I'll be bitter with you, and I'll be ticked at this person. I will grow angry and bitter and resentful because I am letting people suck the life out of me. And I'm not receiving the living, word, living water from the Lord. It goes on and it says, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks from the water that I give shall never thirst. 
But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. A fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me that water. I need that water. I need that water. And she turned her cup upside down and said, I've got to have what you have to offer. So this story is about many things. I've used this. The Lord always is like, talk about the woman at the wall. I'm like, can we pick a different story, please? But every time the Lord is spot on and what he wants to reveal for tonight, I want you to see that it's about the abundant supply of God. That he sees our thirst. He recognized the thirst in the woman. He knew what she didn't know. Listen, you don't know what you don't know. There are thirsts and there are hungers and there are lacks in your life that you know not of. And you're so busy pouring out and so busy avoiding being uncomfortable and talking to God that you're missing out on the abundance, the wellspring of life. I find it interesting that the wo a woman was unable to supply water because she herself was thirsty. And some of us are in the same place. Some of us have been filled up. We come on Sundays, we get our cup filled up. And then we boop, 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 all week long. And then we come on Sunday and we get our cup filled up. Boop, boop, boop. I would like to propose to you. Come on now, Kaylee, you're going to bear witness with this. Like how I just spoke that into you. I would like to propose to you that if all of us all week long were saturated in the presence of the Lord and we became a wellspring of life flowing up out of us, when we showed up on Sunday, we would have a hurricane of the presence of the Holy Spirit. It would be a Pentecost. But we come here and we suck from the worship team. And we suck from Pastor Tommy. And they're like, come on, guys. Let's get to the Holy of Holies trying to drag you into the presence. And we're all like. And then finally at the end, we get there. Finally. Am, am I lying, Kaylee? Do you feel like that sometimes? Like you're like, okay, come on, people. Let's go. Let's try it again. Okay, we got there last night, but we got to start all over again today because probably none of you actually cultivated your own connection with the Lord today. Can I be honest? Probably all of you said that was really nice. And then you went out today and you're like, and then you're going to show up and you're not growing up in the spirit, and you're getting filled up, emptied, filled up, empty, filled up, empty, filled up, empty, and you don't experience the overflow ever because it's too uncomfortable. I want to tell you in all seriousness, every single one of us, including me, is missing out on something in the kingdom. And until you recognize that, you recognize that there is a lack, that you have not experienced at all, that there is more of God to be had, come on, until you recognize that and you want it, you will stay where you are at. There is a greater God capacity in all, every single one of us. So how do we come into this overflow? How do we receive this? Number one, we got to recognize our thirst. We need the, the definition of thirst is to feel the pain of want, to be aware of emptiness and lack of satisfaction. We all know what it feels like to be thirsty, right? When you're thirsty, what do you do? you get a drink of water. We all know that it's a biological drive. Did you know that? 
You're welcome for your brain health class. It's a biological drive. Well, we need to recognize, step one is to recognize your thirst. Recognize that your current well of psychar is not satisfying you. Now, I said to you earlier, that word psychar means drunken. Now, I'm not trying to propose to you that we're all drinking alcohol, but I would like to propose to you that we all have an addiction that increases the dopamine in our brain, which is what alcohol does. Actually, it does the opposite. But the point is, is we, we feel better. People say they feel better if they're drinking alcohol. They feel better if they're eating chocolate. Or they feel better if they go shopping. I feel better if I have a conversation with my BFF. I feel better if I'm Snapchatting. I feel better if I, if I get, grasp a really, really good selfie of myself with a really good filter. We have our places that we go to make us feel better, to avoid dealing with the hunger and the thirst that is inside of us. And so every day we go back to our well of Psychar, filling it up, and getting emptied by life and filling it up. And we need to recognize that we have a thirst and there is a thing in our life that we're looking to, to quench our thirst. And if you begin to recognize that it's something you have to keep going back to, it's not working. It's not working. John four thirteen. listen to it again. If you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again and again. That's how it says it in the Passion Translation. Jesus says to the woman, if you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again and again. How many of you can relate to that? Again and again and again and again. And no matter how much, if any of you in here, and I know some do, struggle with some kind of addiction, that's exactly how it captures you. Again and 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 we get wearied and we get exhausted, but we get comfortable with it. It becomes our comfort zone because we know what to expect. Going on, it says in Ephesians 5.18, it says, do not get drunk with wine, which is rebellion, but instead be filled with the fullness now listen to that phrase, be filled with the fullness, be filled with the fullness. There are some versions that say, be being filled, which denotes the idea of a continuum. Now, if I were to show you the water in this, if in order for this cup to continue overflowing, what do I have to continue doing? I have to continue filling it. The minute I stop filling up that cup, what happens to that cup? It stops overflowing. The minute I pull the source of water away from that cup, it stops overflowing. And I would like to propose to you that this is the presence of the Holy Spirit. And you're filled up with the person of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is like the topper that begins to bubble up over you and becomes that well of life springing out from inside of you, up and out of you, onto people. But people will see that. You know why? Because he's coming out of you. He's busting out of your skin. That's what it says. That it will be a wellspring of life coming up out of you, flowing on to those around you. And that's what it means to instead. You have this thing, but instead, turn your back on that thing. Run to the living water. Let him fill you up and be being filled. Be being filled. Be filled with the fullness of overflow, super abundant, expect that there's something further, something more, something outside of you that God wants to do in your life. Number two, turn your cup right side up. What does that mean? What does it mean to turn my cup right side up? What does that even mean? What does that look like, Pastor Lisa? Listen, 
When you go to a restaurant, it used to be, they don't really do this anymore. In my day, when you got to a restaurant, all the cups were like this. And the waiters would walk around with the coffee carafe. And if you wanted coffee, you would signal to them by turning your cup. And that was a signal, so they didn't interrupt your conversations. This said, I want coffee. If the person across from me kept their cup like this, they don't want coffee. This signals, I want to be filled up. And I would like to propose to you that it's the same thing. That turning ourselves inside out, opening ourselves up, because some of us are like this. I don't understand why God's not doing anything in my life. I don't understand why I'm not experiencing him. I don't know what. And God's like, baby, open up. Let me have your heart. You guys opened, sang a song last night about opening up your heart, right? Did I make that up? Opening up your heart. I love that. Because God is not an intrusive God. He's an alluring God. He's going to knock, but you have to open and let him in. You have to open and let him in. John 4, 5, 15 says, the woman replied, let me drink that water so I'll never be thirsty again. She flipped her cup right side up. Number three, this is huge. Relax and receive. Listen, if you think living life with God is all about how much you can love him, you've got it backwards. Walking with the Lord is not about how much you can love him. It's about how much he loved you. And so we say, I love you, God. But tonight I want to propose to you that you hear him saying, I love you. And you respond, I love you too. That it's no longer about what I can bring you. Because were it not for your love for me, I would not have the capacity to even love you back. Some of you in here have spent half of your life trying to learn how to love God. And you haven't learned how to let him love you first. Counseling room 101. Every single client we have, is it not? I just don't think God loves me. Oh, I know God loves me, but I don't. Well, we know God loves you. Ryan talked last night about the difference between knowledge and it's a reality in my life. I can have knowledge that God loves me, but it doesn't mean it's a reality. But I don't really know it. I've never experienced it. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. That word know there means to come to know by experience. Because I've experienced his love. And my life is no longer about I love you God. My life is about I love you too. So when I say relax and receive in a few minutes, I think you guys have been, I am totally going to capitalize on the isolation stuff. Because I think it's time you get away from your friends for a minute and have a moment with God. Your friends love you guys. They love you. And when you're having a moment with God and you're crying, if somebody, nobody comes and prays with you, maybe it's because they want to let God love you. Maybe it's because you need to stop letting your friends fill your cup and you need to let God fill your cup. Because we hide behind the cups and the filling and we're empty and we're thirsty and we're depressed and we're angry and we're cutting and we're drinking and we're vaping and we're having sex because I'm trying to fill back up with things that will not satisfy. And every day I got to go back to my well of psychar and I'm exhausted. And God says, you can't bring me anything. 
I'm not asking anything more of you. I'm not asking, listen, God, God is not asking you tonight to give anything up other than surrendering your life. That sounds like a lot, it does. But it's not about giving up anything, it's about receiving everything. Because when we receive, he eliminates. So sometimes we spend our life trying to purge ourselves of all of these things. And God says, I'm greater than your heart. Let me pour myself into your heart and your heart will not condemn you. So three steps tonight, recognize your thirst. Turn your cup right side up, relax and receive his love. The Bible says in John chapter seven, Jesus stood and he shouted out into the crowd, all of you thirsty ones come to me. Come to me and drink. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out and they will flow out from your innermost being and you will no longer be a cup that gets empty every day, but you will be a cup that continuously overflows. Come to him. Let's not make this so hard. Let's not worship him like the, like the prophets of Baal that were begging their God, slashing themselves, exhausted. The Bible says they wearied themselves calling on their God. That's not like our God. It's not like our God. Our God says, just come to me. Just relax and receive. Let me love you. Don't talk, shh, shh, don't talk. Just nod your head, yes. Yes, Lord, I love you too. Yes, Lord, I love you too. Yes, Lord, I receive. God, I'm not bringing you anything. I don't have, I'm so thirsty, God, I have nothing. I'm just here to drink. Thank you, God, for letting me drink tonight. Thank you, God, for letting me just drink tonight. So as we enter into an invitational time, I want you to get, can we just do the six feet of space? But not because the government tells us to, but because the Holy Spirit is begging us to. That he's begging us to just get in your own space with him. Last night when we were worshiping, I was like, this is perfect. I love it. I can't hit anybody in the head. And it's just me and God. Come on, y'all, get uncomfortable. Or stay where you're at. I don't care. Either way, I'm gonna get some. So just get in your own space, spread out. I, I, I wish, can I, 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 earlier I thought, I said, Lord, can I just take their masks and put it over their eyes? <laughs> we just put it over your eyes for a minute. I'm serious, put it over your eyes for a minute. You can try and stretch it, I don't care, but I don't want you to see anybody else. I want you to see God and I want you to see him looking at you. Angela and I had the opportunity today to minister to somebody. And I said, we're going to go into the spirit for a minute. She's like, oh, it's so weird when I close my eyes. I'm afraid somebody's going to walk in. And I said, it's all right. And she got into the spirit and she went into this deep place. It was so good. She just began to melt in the presence of the Lord. And she was going, moving her head back to back, back and forth. And she was like, it's like I'm seeing this light show. And all of a sudden she was like, oh my God, I see an eye. I see an eye looking at me. Y'all, I can't do that. I'm not that good of a counselor. That was God. And tonight God sees you. And I want you to see him looking at you. I don't want you to 
bring anything to him, I want you to receive him tonight. So nobody's watching because every, almost every person in here has their eyes covered. Now I'm gonna ask the leaders if I could, I want you to kind of stand around the perimeter of the room. If the leaders could just kind of stand. And here's why. We talked about putting a demand, that your faith puts a demand on the anointing in the room. And so I'm, I'm pulling on the leaders, I'm pulling on this worship team because these kids don't know what they don't know, but we know. We know because we've tasted and we've seen. They've talked about it and, and they've heard about it, but they don't know. They think they know, but you don't. But tonight, God wants you to know. Tonight, God wants you to know. I want you leaders to recognize the power of your presence right now. The presence just turning the anointing up in the room right now. Come on, God, you do it. If you have a prayer language, I'm just gonna encourage you to just begin to shift into your prayer language. All right, now, now kids, you, this is your opportunity to just respond just to the Holy Spirit. Don't worry about what you can do for him. However he asks you to respond. If he asks you to sing, you better sing. If he asks you to get on, his, on your knees, you better get on your knees. But I'm releasing the flow of the baptism of the Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. Go get him, Lord. Go get him, Lord. Come on, leaders. kids, I want you to let, let the Holy Spirit begin to show you what it looks like to turn your cup upside down. Maybe for some of you, that's opening up your hands, flipping your hands upside down. Maybe for some of you, it's laying flat on your face. Maybe for some of you, it's laying flat on your back. Just letting the Holy Spirit, let him come get you. Just relax and receive his love. Relax, let him do it. We're not working real hard in this room. We're just letting God do it. We're not working too hard. We're not working too hard. I just pray that God would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and the favor until the supernatural strength of his capacity begins to flood your innermost being with his divine might and his explosive power, a power that you cannot contain, a power that you cannot control, a power that's so uncomfortable, but feels so good. Come on. You do it, God. I just pray that the life of Christ would be released deep inside you and the resting place of his love is becoming the very source from which you flow just resting in his love, the source from which you flow. Being empowered to discover what you can experience, the great magnitude, the astonishing love of Christ, all of its dimensions, how deeply intimate, how far reaching his love is tonight. Come on, Holy Spirit. How enduring and inclusive it is. God says, I've included you in this message. I've thought of you when I showed up tonight. I thought of you when you weren't even thinking about me. Today, when you were with your friends and you weren't paying attention to me, I was paying attention to you.
When you weren't thinking about me, God says, I was thinking about you. I've included you in my kingdom. I've included you in the supernatural. Some of you in here tonight think that growing with Christ is all about chasing signs, miracles, and wonders. Pastor Tommy has been doing a series on signs, miracles, and wonders. But the Bible says that signs, miracles, and wonders follow those who believe. So I speak a shifting in this room right here tonight that you're not following signs, but signs are following you because you've shifted, you've locked into a new layer of belief. That you're coming into a greater understanding of how deep and how powerful God can and wants to flow in you, through you, and up out of you. And you are saying tonight, make me uncomfortable, God. Show me your glory. Now I mean it. Before I sung about it, imagination if you're willing to get uncomfortable 
the most unbelievable dreams that you haven't even dreamt because your mind can't comprehend them. God wants to fulfill, but you have to be willing to get uncomfortable. You have to be willing to get uncomfortable. Everything that God has done in my life has not been comfortable. Your wildest imagination, God will outdo them all because his miraculous power is constantly, continuously energizing you because you are being filled right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, you say, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. And we just speak your word back to you, God. We don't beg, we just say, so be it. So be it, God, fill them up. Go and get them, Lord, saturate them. We want the overflow tonight. I want the overflow tonight. I want the overflow tonight. Y'all better get yours, because if you don't, I'm gonna get yours too. I want the overflow tonight. I want the overflow tonight. I want the overflow tonight. Thank you for tuning in to my podcast, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For more information or to keep up on current events and products, please go to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com.